Restaurant Unstoppable episode 459 with Chef Trey Chacha. And at the end of the day, whether it takes 10 years, 12, 20, 30, it doesn't matter. I still believe that just hard work and creativity can get you somewhere. Are you ready for it? Factors, success stories, failures, and bombs of restaurant industry knowledge? Then, join Eric Cacciatore and today's incredible guest as they share what it takes to become unstoppable. There is no time to waste in the restaurant business, especially when an opportunity comes up and you need extra capital. Cabbage created a simple, flexible way to get a line of credit of up to $150,000, apply online, and get a decision right away. Withdraw funds when you need them without reapplying. Cabbage has helped over 100,000 small businesses. Get started at cabbage.com slash unstoppable you can get a $50 gift card when you qualify that's cabbage with a k line of credit is subject to credit approval see terms and conditions all cabbage business loans are issued by celtic bank a utah chartered industrial bank member fdic what's sorcery sorcery is ap automation digital invoicing and time and money saved that's Sorcery. Sorcery allows you to streamline and digitize your entire accounts payable operation. Digital invoicing backed with human verification will save you countless hours of work and increase AP accuracy. Say goodbye to your file cabinets and enter the digital world. Go to GetSorcery.com. That's G-E-T-S-O-U-R-C-E-R-Y.com or call 1-866-830-0691. With excitement, allow me to introduce to you today's guest, Chef Trey Chocha. Chef, are you feeling unstoppable today? I'm always unstoppable. Never yes. sick, never tired, man. That's our motto. Never <laughs> yes. sick, never tired. That's what, I like. That's what I like to hear. So native to Mount Juliet, Tennessee, from an early age, Chef Trey Chocha uh, developed a deep connection to food, the land, and farming. After 16 years of working as a line cook, four of which were at the Hermitage Hotel's Capitol Grill, where many Nashville chefs got their start. In 2013, he opened the farmhouse in Sobro District of Nashville, and uh, three years later, he opened Black Rabbits, and obviously, you're, you're still crushing it up to this day. 18 years of working to get here, man. I can't wait to get your story. Uh, before, before we dive into who you are and how you got to where you are today, let's get that motivational inspirational ball rolling with a success quarter mantra. What do you have for us? All right, man. So, uh, you know, I, 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 I don't know if I'm crushing it, but I'm learning. Okay. I'm going to go back on that, but, but look, man, I, I have, uh, I've worked my tail off, man, since, since a young age came from, came from nothing. And, uh, had this super fat passion, man, to cook every day. And, and my grandfather was a farmer and watching him live off the land and the pride he got and what he grew and how, you know, at a young age, watching a seed flip into something that's like 800, you know, squash and tomatoes pumping off vines and stuff, man. It was, it was, it was super cool. And, uh, you know, I am passionate. I'm very passionate about what I do and I'm very passionate about my city. And I'm very fortunate that, you know, I was at the right time, uh, in Nashville to be able to, you know, explore, you know, what I wanted to do with my life in the city. There was a point in my time there. I didn't think that I was going to be able to be a culinary 
aspiration in this city because of you know the lack of culinary that was here yeah um, so it was a it was a big thing and it was it's it, it just the way it flourished and the, and the way that you know all these men and women that I've, I've cooked with on the lines how they've opened restaurants and they've become successful is just like um it's it's crazy it's mind-blowing man so what's the mantra if you could uh distill it from what you just share with us what's the mantra man i, I it's you know I think now, like back then, being a line cook was was different than it is now. I think you know respect and hard work and respect of the product and respect of the person or that was working beside you and the respect of the chef that you know the chef was the man you mm-hmm. know or woman and it, it, and and what she said or he said was the way it went mm-hmm. you know there was no i mean it's like I always tell my guys I was like you know if they ever needed soldier chefs would be the best we're super clean mm-hmm. we're super obedient we can work a lot of hours we can go on little to none sleep um and we're very respectful and um you know that was a big deal we had a lot of drive and we had a lot of people at that time and in the world that were you know nashville doesn't have anything for food and these guys are just you know their country and they don't you know and so you know i think a big of that was to to sit back and go bull crap you know we can we can we can hang with anybody you know just because we're southern born and bred and that we 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 eat peasant food and that's what that's what we do i mean cabbages and corn and i mean it's peasant food that's yeah. what we had and that's what we strive to make great and you know we just we're hard workers and um you know i think when we got the glimpse that you know the culinary scene could be successful and we could survive with these with these margos and how holden and you know the sean brocks and the tandy wilson's and the you know uh, the tyler browns um peg like porkers all these mm-hmm. people you know we started opening up restaurants and it was like oh cool man people are loving this man people are talking about us it. it's like maybe we are pretty good you know yeah. and uh it's it's um it was powerful man and it was um <laughs> so what's the mantra <laughs> like is there like a like is it the respect the hard work and you can do it like if you put Absolutely. your nose down and it's possible i feel never like say no i'd like like i stand by yeah. My handshake is a handshake. Yeah. What I say is what I say. And I feel like every day if I go in, work hard, put my time in, go home when I get done, and I can look myself in the mirror and say, I did the best I could today. Like literally look myself in the mirror and say, I did the best I could. Yeah. And I can catch myself on any of that. If I didn't, I can also look yeah. in my eyes and know. That's the mantra, man. That's the mantra is to go into work every day and work hard. And at the end of the day, whether it takes 10 years, 12, 20, 30, it doesn't matter. I still believe that just hard work and creativity – can get you somewhere. I don't need to know anybody. I don't need to have boo of money. I don't need, you know, somebody telling me that I need to know somebody and now I need to go, you know, meet up with them because there's somebody and I don't even know who they are. I don't care about that. I care about how does my restaurant stay successful? How do I keep the Hal Holden box and the Margos and the Tandy Wilsons? How do I keep their restaurant successful? How do we work as a unit? Yes. And stay together. How do we learn from each other? Yes, dude. I love this. Dude. We're getting started on a good page <laughs> here. Uh, so where did it all start for you? Uh, bring me back to when you, you kind of just got started and when you started to kind of figure out that this might be your life. So, man, uh, I, uh, I was a really good baseball player. Uh, played baseball for a long time. Um, and I loved it. And um, so, I'm guessing second base. No man, I was I was a catcher, a catcher for a okay. lot of my a lot of my career. You struck me as the wiry type. I was man, yeah. I was a little bitty. Um, I've got some knee issues, so I, I, after that I went to center field, um, okay. and I loved it. Yeah. Um, I got kind of burned out on baseball, just uh, you know, and then you know, like like uh, young kids do, and and especially young kids that work in kitchens, you know, man, you're always experimenting, and you're starting to live the life, and 
you know, uh, you start to party and, and do all these things. And, uh, you know, it just it, it, it collapsed one day that, you know, I, I love I love this. I love what I'm doing. I actually love to cook. And I actually love to see people's faces. Um, and, you know, my mom raised us. And so my father, you know, he worked a lot, wasn't around a lot. And uh, so, you know, you start to experiment at home with, with what you have, you know. And so my sister and I and I would always cook. And I still remember the first egg I stuck in a pan and cooked it. And I was like, why is this thing sticking? <laughs> and I'm like, oh, yeah, it doesn't have any fat in it, man. I was like, I was like nine years old. And, uh, yeah, you remember those things. And um, then you start, to, you start to cook for people and friends come over. And, you know, like this, your house was the house when y'all wanted to have get-togethers and stuff. And people were just like, man it's really good and you start like believing in yourself and um then it becomes fun then it becomes like cool man what can i do with food um and 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 when i like when i was at the hermit hotel i would take one ingredient a week it didn't matter what it was whether it was bacon whether it was a brussels sprout whether it was heavy cream it doesn't matter and i would see how many different ways i could do something with that one ingredient whether it was dehydrated or baked or fermented or it, it didn't matter and and that starts that creative ball mm-hmm. um, and i think that's the great thing about food is that anybody in this world that's a chef that's involved in food looks at you and says i know everything there is about cooking they're full oh, of it man they're full okay. of shit dude because <laughs> i love it and and that's the great thing about me is like no day is the same yeah. Just because I feel like I know a lot about corn doesn't mean that I can't learn a hundred other things. And that's what makes this job and this business so um, inspirational and, and, and to learn and to teach people, man. You got to make it a point every day to learn. Yeah. And it goes beyond food, too. It doesn't just stop business. at the food. <laughs> exactly. Once you figure out how to cook, then there's this whole new, like, you know, just vastness of, yeah. of just wonder. Like, I don't even know where to start with the business side of it and the Cogs, leadership and the labor. Yeah, exactly. Uh, you know, making sure that, you know, your budgets are in line. Yeah. And, 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 you know, <laughs> are we, or, you know, how to, how to write your menu to where yeah. it's affordable? You know, like, for instance, we started out of the farmhouse in 2013. Our first year, we slayed it, man. We're a 100 C restaurant. We did $3.6 million our first year and we were killing it, man. We were profitable as all get out. Our accountants yeah. were like, man, dude, y'all are slaying it. And yeah. I was like, awesome, man. This is cool and we felt really good about it but we had a lot of inconsistencies Mm -hmm. you know your first year you're you're very um let's tap the brakes because i feel like we're gonna get there but i want to paint the picture about how you got to 2013 the path you got there so uh when did you know is is there a moment you can reflect back and you're like all right i'm in i'm this is what i'm gonna do this is my career i'm going full steam ahead yeah man i uh i got a lot of trouble when i was younger all right uh there's a moment in my life where um, i made some huge mistakes and uh Got involved with a lot of people I shouldn't have got involved in and, uh, you know, um, was doing some things I shouldn't have done and got put in the hospital for a little while. And, uh, you know, when you when you lay in a hospital bed and you reflect on the people you surround yourself with and then you have to look at your family in the face, um, it's very eye opening. And uh, so uh, I had a moment. I had a moment where. I laid in a hospital bed and I looked at myself and I said, what am I doing? What do I love? Where am I going? Mm -hmm. And, uh, I had to get away. I had to, uh, pick my stuff up and I was like, you know, I'd I'd already been to, already been to to college and got a bachelor's in in hotel restaurant Mm -hmm. management because I knew I loved it. And, uh, in that bed, I made the decision. I said, you know what? I'm, I'm done. I'm, I'm going to culinary school. I'm already cooking. I've been cooking. I, you know, I know the basics, but I need to learn more. And uh, so I picked everything up I had and, and, and looked at my mom and my now wife that we yeah. were together then and said, we're moving to Birmingham, going to culinary school. And, and that's what I did. And I went down there and, and um, 
went to culinary school and, and it's the first time in my life I was ever an This age. is 2004, right? Yeah. Yeah. So before we move on to the, kind of how you started turning your life around, let's really spend some time on, uh, I feel like this industry, uh, there's a lot of people who are susceptible to maybe some of the things. So what was going on that got you into that point where you're in the hospital? Man, I was, uh, you know, doing a lot of drugs. Okay. Uh, you know, we were, you know, I had a smoking a lot of weed. I was doing cocaine. Uh, you know, uh, a lot of things I'm not proud of, mm. but a lot of things that, that made me the man I am today. How did you make you the man you are today because i think it's the, the the drive i think you know there's so many people that have addiction problems and there's so many people especially in this industry and, yes. and they're addicts and alcoholics and which is why i'm kind of going into this yeah, yeah i feel like there's a lot of advice you might have for somebody who's going down that path and i mean why is it not worth it like tell us like what the, the thought was going through your men when you're laying in this bed like what was the conversation you're having with yourself it's like where I mean, you, you when you I, I think when you see your mother or anybody that you care about and that face that you see when they a they know you're OK, mm. but they also are looking at you in your face and you can see that they're just like, I didn't raise mm. my child like this. I didn't. You know, this isn't my son. This isn't you know, I don't know how this happened. Yeah. Um, and a lot of people that, that use drugs, and, and I'm cold-hearted about it, and I know it's bad, but, I'm, I, you know, nobody, nobody made me stop. Mm-hmm. There was no conversation. There was no – it was me. And I feel like in your life, if you personally cannot control yourself to stop something and you for like, you know, I'm not getting on any, I, I, don't, I don't want, I don't need medication. I don't need a pill that's supposed to, I don't want that. Mm-hmm. If I personally cannot physically get through it on my own, how am I ever going to get through life on my own? Mm. Because you're always going to be thrown stones. Yeah. You know, my advice to young people in this business or anybody in this business is that enjoy what you do. Love it. Have a beer, have fun, have be social. But slow down. Mm. Don't, you know, there was a time in my life, it was every day. It was like, cool, we just got off work. We're going to drink till three, and then I'm going to go home and sleep. And then, you know, it's like you, you, you see when you start to make that change how much more creative you can be, how much more time and how much more energy and, and, and you can put into what you love. Yes. And I know there's I – know, I, know, I know it's hard, and I know that this business is very stressful, and I know that drugs are rampant around yeah. everywhere. And it, it, it's, um, it's an easy – it's an easy out. It's an easy thing to just go, cool, well, I'm just going to do this tonight. It'll be all right. You know, but then one night turns into two and two turns into three and three turns into four and yeah. four turns into every day. Exactly. And, you know, we were kind of talking about it during the pre-interview chat. Uh, when you're young in this industry, you can, you can make it, you can make it happen, sure. but you need certain assets to make it happen. It doesn't necessarily have to be money. It's that, you know, skill, that, that, that energy, that, that all these things that we're talking about, right? Uh, time, money, energy, when you're doing drugs and you're going out and you're partying, that's time, Zero. money, and energy that you're wasting. And you only have so much time yeah. in your life, right? You've got to take this energy and this time and you've got to put it into yourself, creating assets for yourself, networking your relationships, right? And, and, and those skills and learning, educating yourself. Well, then you start hating your job. Yeah. And it's not because you hate your job. You hate your job because you're coming in half hungover and, 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 and half a man or half mm. a woman and you're getting your ass rid all day. Yeah. You're, I mean, I will ride you. I have a rule in the back. If you want to come in hungover, I'll pay you half of what I pay you an hour. And they look at me and they're like, are you kidding me? You can't do that. And I'm like, cool. Well, then go take a drug test. No. And they know I'm not going to do that. Because I'm an independent restaurant. I yeah. get it. I've yeah. been there. But my point being is, take my point. Yeah. You can go do on your day off, go do whatever the hell you want. Yeah. Go party it up, have a good time. But when you're on my clock, 
I need you. Mm-hmm. I need a hundred percent of you. Mm-hmm. I need to know that you care about everything that we are doing. Mm-hmm. This isn't a job for me. This isn't a job for you. I don't want people that want this to be a job. I want it to be a, yeah, I get to go somewhere and I get to work and I get to have fun and I get paid for it, man. That's what I want. And I get to, you know, I mean, that's what this job should be. I think anybody in the world, that's what their job should be. Mm-hmm. If you go to work every day and you're miserable, Why change you it. it. Yeah. You have complete control. I, 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 I would rather make less money. I don't make it. People like look at me today and they're just like, man, you're killing it. You got two restaurants, bro. I'm a day away from being bankrupt. I'm going to go ahead and put it out there yeah, for you. Like people legit. don't get it, man. It's, you're always walking that fine line. Yeah. Um, so you make this decision to yourself. You know, you, you say, hey, like I don't need the drugs. If I'm going to change, it's up to me. The way my mom's looking at me, like I got to make a change. I'm going to start moving in the right direction. Sure. You uh, go back to school. You're at Birmingham now. Uh, you're starting to turn things around. Like what's going through your life at this point? Man, just positivity, dude. It was just, uh, it was the first time in my life I'd ever gone to school and become an A student, man. Nice. It was just like. How'd that feel? It was pumped. I mean, it, you, I would wake up in the morning pumped to go to school. Mm. It was just like this, I had this yearning to learn what yeah. this, you know, this is what I'm going to do. Yeah. And like, cool. I knew you could do that with a care, but dude, I didn't know, you know, and it's just like. And I got uh, really attached to uh, Robbie Melvin, and Robbie Melvin was a was a mentor for me, um, and Bobby. Um, and and Robbie um, was a sue for Frank Stitt for a long time, and uh, Robbie took me under his wing, man. And um, he knew I cared, and he knew I wanted it. And uh, we got to I got to do a lot of cool events with him at a young age. You know, he took me to the SFA, and we. We did a lot of cool events, and, and we, we still talk today. The day I opened this restaurant, I made two phone calls, and one was to Tyler Brown from the Hermitage Hotel, and the other one was to Robbie Melvin, and I told them, almost crying, I would not be the man or where I am today without anything, the, the advice, the, the, the simple techniques, the, the, the strive to, to be perfect, even though you know you're not going to be perfect, but the strive to be something mm. that is perfect, and uh, we still talk every day. Um, me and me and Robbie, you know, Robbie comes into town. He works for he works for um, Southern Living Magazine now, and uh, he does all their R and D in the kitchen and stuff. And it's just uh, man, he's just it's it's cool to to meet people like that in your life, and they see the, the, your drive, and they're like, you know, I mean, hell, I was at the I was at the Hermitage Hotel for six months, and I'm how old was I then? It was 2006, so I was 28 years ago. 20 yeah, it's a long time ago and i mean i was no i was no 12 years ago sorry and i was i was promoted to sous chef within six months and i'm like green as all get out man yeah but wow. and, and 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 you know i denied it and said no i'm not ready for it and uh another guy named steven that was there for, for a long time i uh, got the job and uh about two months after that i regretted it because he was an asshole uh <laughs> it still is and uh, i'll say that uh i usually don't say that about people but i, I will him um he treated my guys online like uh just no respect for him mm-hmm. and um there's one thing i was stern and i was always good but i always respected the people that i worked with until you didn't respect me. What was the, the, the culture in that kitchen? Like this is at the Hermitage uh, where there was no respect for me or my team. How, how did that? Well, it was. It was just one man that didn't have the respect. Tyler was always respectful. You know, at that time, you know, I always tell these kids today in my kitchen and I, and I look at them. I say, you understand that the two man line cook today was a one man line cook 12 years ago mm-hmm. for me. And I got paid $10 an hour. And you're in here working for $16 an hour. So I'm paying $32 an hour for a job that I did $10 an hour 12 wow. years ago. Over what happened? Times. Yeah, what happened? Is, I mean, 
it's 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 they they don't the organization is is i have never i don't know what happened man i know when i came into work every day at the hermitage hotel they they laughed when they were they, they were doing work and redid it after i left and tyler calls me and he's like bro i was like what and it's like two years later he's like man we're in here doing all this shit in the kitchen he goes man all this stuff fell out of the ceiling i was like what was it he's like Oh, I don't know. Your Ziploc bags, your clean delis lined up there. He goes, you had kitchen towels folded up there. <laughs> I hid stuff, man. That was me. I was an organized man, and I always wanted to know I had what I had yeah. for my station. You know, when I got into work there, it was like, set your station up first. All your linens out, ladles, anything that you needed to work that station. Yeah. And anybody, anything, set up. Set your station up. Get all your produce out. Check everything. Empty pans where empty pans go, and then you know that that's your prep. You mm-hmm. had a prep list. You double check what your prep list is. You know what your nine one ones are. You know what your longest items are. Start with your longest prep items, then work into your chop work last. Mm-hmm. Get all that done. And it's like today, that was every day. I didn't come in on Friday and it was different than Tuesday. I didn't come in on Saturday and it was different than Thursday. It was the same way every single day. And then I would go get a Lexan and get every bit of produce in one go from the walk-in, sit it on my station, and I would go. These kids today come in and they're like, one day they set it up this way, and one day they set it up this way, and one day they do this, and one day they do that, and they're making 12 runs. I'm like, dude, y'all are wasting so much time. Yeah. I'm like, please listen to me. And I have this new girl that I just hired from Louisiana, the youngest one in my kitchen, and she is – it's insane. I'm like, where did you come from? You were freaking amazing, dude. She comes in. She sets her station up. She's quiet. She goes, and she's set up before – these people that have been here, I mean, it's its not all of them, man. I've got about four amazing people. But it's like, it's so hard to hire staff right now in this Across city. Across the boards, man. Every, everywhere. It's so hard. Uh, but you, you mentioned a lot of really important things there. I think there's the power of, uh, you know, doing it the same way every day. And there's so much to be said about success and routine and those rituals. And why, why is it so important to have these routines, to have these rituals? Why were you going in the order you were going in? I'm really curious. Okay, well, look, um, do you get gas when you run out, or do you get gas when your <laughs> gas light comes on? Yeah, when okay. the gas light comes on. But it's, that's yeah. my point, and yeah. that's what I tell these kids. I was like, you know, it's like if you don't know, there, there's a system. You come in, you set your station up. You know, I know in that moment that if my chef looks at me, says, Trey, I need you to cook this. Somebody came in. I know we're not open, but I need, I'm ready. Yeah. I don't need to get a pot of water. Yeah. I don't need to get a saute pan. I don't need to get tongs. I don't need to have my tools out. I don't need to go in my bag. I, I don't need a towel. I don't need oil. I don't need butter. It's all there. Yeah. You know, it doesn't matter. It's there. That's the basic. Then after that, you go into, okay, cool. Produce is the last thing you want to attempt unless it's anything that you're braising or roasting or anything like that. Longest items. Like when I were to saute over there, pasta, first thing I did. But I was smart. I did pasta two days a week. And I made those days my pasta days. Yeah. So I had two days a week where I did long items. And every other day of the week, I would do my mediocre items. Anything that could take, you know, 15, 20 minutes, sometimes 30 minutes. But any of my long items, I would, and I would. I told Tyler, I would come in and I'd be like, cool. Tuesdays and Thursdays, I need the two big tables. Give me an hour. It's like, why? Because instead of me rolling pasta on a little four by four table, I'd roll pasta on a freaking 18 foot table. And I'd have (laughs) sheets of pasta out. I'd bang Agnolati out in freaking 25 minutes. These kids don't do that, and you try to show them, and you work with them. I work on these stations, and they'll be like, "Cool, man, we just everything was so easy today, chef." And then you'll come in the next day, and it's like, "Dude, perfect instance." I cooked on grill the other night with Ada, and um, we're, we're, we got the first order. It was two agnolatis and a short rib, or sorry, a pork chop. And so I, I cooked the pork chop, and I'm looking at him like, "We're going to the window in a minute." 
He's like, well, I don't have my water hot. I'm like, bro, I just had this conversation with you two oh, days man. ago. Yeah. I said, put the pot. That, that's, that's my point. So now you're heating up water. All you had to do is put that pot of water on, have it up on the stove, and turn it on low. Yeah. Turn it up when storage server starts. At least the water's warm enough to where it's like, it's like, I, I don't know. Uh, you know, I don't know if it's if it's so much that people watch TV shows about cooking or, or, or had this fantasy that, that every chef is a celebrity and it's just like, oh, man, that's who I got to be and take pictures of myself all day. Go look at my social media, dude. I don't take selfies. What's a mm-hmm. selfie? I don't need you to – you know what I look like. I don't need that. <laughs> yeah. I understand that social media is a tool, and I do understand that it, it, it does bring people mm-hmm. into your business. I'm so busy, man. I don't I – don't, think about that during the day unless it's something that's like you know like the other day i pulled a shore about it's probably one of the best pieces of meat i've cooked in a long time and you know that when you see it and you're just like dude i gotta you know i gotta take a picture of this and um these kids i don't know i don't know if it's if it's the add or or, or, (laughs) no i'm for real man it's just like i don't I don't know. I, don't I feel know like there's a lot more green people in the industry today than there ever was. And I, the reason why I think that is is because if you look at like the the level, like let's go back 20 years ago, the amount of restaurants that existed that are doing the work that you're doing today are far fewer than where it is today. And yeah. I think a lot of that has to do with just what we're talking about with social media because now everyone can see what is possible and the bar has been been raised across the nation of what good food is and the, the possibilities. So now we're drawing from the same uh, talent pool, but we're, there's more of us drawing from that same talent pool. So there's just not enough talent to go around. I think it has a lot to do with it. Do you think that might No, be? the talent is, is people are greedy and they're going after money instead of going after passion. Mm. Um, Why is that so important to go after the passion, not the money? Uh, Herman Chetel, for instance, I made not a lot of money. My sous chef job that I got there, I made $32,000 a year. Yeah. Okay. And, and, and to some people, that's a lot of money. But is it a lot of money when you're working 90 hours a week? Mm. You know? Uh, no. I average out my sa- I, I average <laughs> no. my salary out here. You know, Larry does it every week, my GM. It's like, we just got done with this week. He goes, Trey made $6.25 an hour this week. That, that's what I'm saying is that I – I had had a couple jobs in my life where I went after the money, and that was because, you know, it was a time in my life where I needed it. I had to pay a lot of things off, and I needed to get it. But, like at the Hermitage Hotel, I would get up before I became a sous chef, 6 a.m. in the morning, go cut grass until 1 o'clock, okay? Then I would get done cutting grass, go home, shave, shower, get in the car, drive to work, and I'd work to 2 a.m., and I'd go back and repeat. And I did that for two years. It's not sustainable. No, it's not. But you know what? My bills were paid. Yeah. I got to do what I loved. And that's the thing. People are so scared today to to work hard or to miss out on something like, oh, I didn't get to go out on Broadway on Saturday night. Okay, cool, dude. You missed a drunken stupor of uh, cool, man. I missed a picture with our friends the other night. You know, now nobody knows I'm friends with them. I mean, I don't. I don't get it, man. Values. It's like, it, it, the values. It, it is, but, but, but a lot of people, you know, if you look back over time and now you look at it now, it's like if you, if you start back, like even with my grandfather, my grandfather knew what he wanted to be at 14. You know, my dad knew what he was going to do at 18. I knew what I was going to do at 19 or 20. Kids today don't even know what the hell they're going to be until they're 36, 37. They're still living at home with mom and dad. What is going on? I don't know. Well, I mean, that's, that's, the, that's the, the question, though, like. And it's like, I, I want to be, I have so many people that come in here and they're like, I want to be a chef. 
I want to be a chef. All right, well, cool, man. They'll be here six hours and their feet hurt. And they'll quit three days later. Oh, that's something I want to do. Yeah, it's not all rainbows, bro. Mm. It's hard work. And you got to love it. So how do you get over there? What do you think it is that, that, that's different between those people that you just described and the people like yourself who can I don't. Do? I mean, What's I don't, driving I don't, I don't want to get driving me. Yeah. Oh, dude, drive today is, I mean, I, I, I love what I do. Mm. I have a goal. Mm-hmm. I know what I want. Yeah. You know, my goal was to open up another restaurant. I have it. I have two more restaurants I want to open. I have a book I want to do. And I, I, I don't know what you know about me, but if I set something up yep. and that's what I'm going to do, that's what I'm going to do. Mm. I have a mirror in my house. And I write something on it in a Sharpie and it stays up there and I stare at it. And that's what I did when I was in, when, when I was in Birmingham, I had a goal and it yeah. says, I will have my own restaurant one day and I will work for that every single day. And I stared at it every single morning because that tells me who I am on your shittiest day, on your tiredest day, on your sickest day. That's why I told you in the beginning, never sick, never tired. I'm yeah. never sick and I'm never tired. It doesn't matter how sick I am or what. It's like, I got people calling out for sinus infections and I'm just like, really bro, you know, what am I going to say? Dude, if I was to call out 12 years ago for a sinus infection at the Hermitage Hotel, dude, <laughs> bro, I'd have been gone. No, I wouldn't have been gone. <laughs> I would have been tortured. I mean, I, yeah. worked, I worked New Year's Eve at the Hermitage Hotel, sicker than a dog, and I didn't care. I wanted to work. I loved what I'd do. Come to find out the next day, my lung was collapsed 25%. That was the first reason I went into the hospital. So once it happens, it, it, yeah. it, it, you have blibs on your mm-hmm. And so... It was. I got there. I called Tyler. I was like, dude, my damn lung was collapsed. He's like, what? I'm like, yeah, dude. It's, uh, you know, but it's different. These kids today get a cough and they're like, oh, I got to go home. And you're just like, <laughs> it's different. Like, you, I, I can't scream. I can't. It, I've tried screaming, which I'm not a screamer. I don't like it. I came from it. And it's just kind of like, yeah. I don't feel like you, you get anywhere. I've tried the, the coddling. I've tried the, you know, the cutting of hours I've tried the it, it doesn't it doesn't matter it'll mm. work for like three days and then it's just like uh. chef you you brought up some really great things I just want to highlight before we move on to uh, how you made it happen and the path you took to like opening and all this uh, first just the power of those routines and the power of habit and think like ha- waking up every or you know getting to work every day going through these motions uh, and, and having the same thing every day what happens is you develop these habits and you don't have to think about it it's just what you do you go in and it gets done and that's muscle energy. memory exactly and that's energy that you don't have to expend so you can do the you can focus on those big the They're bigger thoughtless. projects exactly. thoughtless exactly so if you commit these things to routine and to habit it saves energy it's efficient you just go through it it's so powerful and the other big thing is I love this the idea of just writing it up on your mirror, said having that mission statement to your life, not just the, for the business, but for the life. Like this is my mission, and every day you need to see it, if, whether it's on a journal or on your bathroom mirror or, or someplace. Like this is why I exist. That definite of purpose yep. is so 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 powerful. Um, I mean, anything up to this point before you get into Hermitage, uh, we kind of already talked about the Hermitage, but, but anything prior to that that you want to highlight or lessons learned from mentors at this point? You know. Uh... It's like I tried to tell these kids today, man. I bit my tongue for 12 years. Mm. That's any job. Bite your tongue. Just bite your tongue. Sit back. Absorb. Mm. Absorb. 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 Whether you agree or you don't agree, absorb. Because the more you absorb and write down. It's like these guys in here. I'm always like, moleskins, write your shit down. Do it. This is what we do. And they always laugh. They're like, hi, you got a library. Yeah, I've got 52 moleskins full of recipes. Full of notes. Full of drawings full of meeting notes, freaking, you know, 
meetings with people like you, anything. Mm. They're all in these books. And the reason is, is because that's my life. That's, what's, the, what's the power? How, what's the effect? Why, why write it down? Why is that so important? Because you, you, you work so much. You don't, you can't remember everything. And it's also good for reflection. It's mm. also good. You know, we, we want to write a book and, and all my guys, we write and we want to go through these books one day and sit back and go, cool. Let's take this. Let's yeah. take this. Let's take this. Remember this freaking day? Like, good God, yeah. you know, and you can hopefully go back one day and, and, and you've made it and, and go, yeah, that was a very dark time in our career. And, and you know, you can <clears throat> sit there and look at each other and go, you know, our staff didn't know that we were $200 away from, you know, going bankrupt. But yeah. we, you know, we'll go without paychecks. I've, I've gone, you know, four or five months without paying myself to make mm-hmm. sure my staff is paid. That's important to me. Mm-hmm. Um, at the end of the day, if I don't have them, I don't you know, I don't, I don't have a business. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's, it's drive. Um, and, and, and there are a lot of people and a lot of chefs out there that do it. Um, and there's a lot that, that, uh, that don't a lot that just are a face and, you know, just keep your mouth shut, write it down, absorb, learn, grow. Yep. Uh, just to compound off of that, the idea, like when you when you document these things, I mean, I think our our role, all of our roles, every human being in this in this world, our role is to learn as much as possible and to to store as much as possible, and then eventually give it to the next generation, like sure. th- like the chef Margos of the world, yeah. even like yourself, you know, and pass it down. Uh, so if you can if you can document this stuff, if you can make it easier for the next generation, why not? Why not share that knowledge? Um, so what were any other big big lessons before moving on to uh, you? You know, I think it was right around, you said it was 2013, you opened. Uh, so, you know, how you got into that, that, that phase of opening, the planning and all that. Like what happened? Anything prior to Young chefs, man. This is all I'm going to tell young chefs. Okay. I don't care what you know. I don't care who you know. I don't care who you work for. There's two things I need from you. Work hard. Shut up. Show up to work on time. And you will make it in this mm-hmm. business. That's all you need. I will teach you everything I know. And I will, I, will, I will send you to other chefs and let them teach you. Mm-hmm. But it's super simple. Listen to what I say. Be on time and work hard. If you do that every single day in this business, you're, gonna, you're, gonna, you're, you're already seven times better than anybody else that's, that, that's been in this business forever. Mm-hmm. It's so true. Half the time I can't get anybody that, that can pay attention or stay off their cell phone or just – Work hard. Put yeah. your head down. It will happen. It will come back to you. you Put know? your head yeah. down. Shut up. <laughs> and just do your work. And it's, if you can, I mean, you can't even find that. Yeah. And if you can do that, man, come work for the farmhouse. <laughs> I pay damn good money. I love it. Awesome. So, okay, 2013 is when you mm-hmm. opened the farmhouse. Uh, what led into this moment? How, did you have partners? Were you talking to people? When, how, when did the vision for the farmhouse start? Well, the vision started uh, for the farmhouse when I was in culinary school. I mean, I'd always wanted to have my own restaurant. Um, but the vision, when I met Bobby, Robert Compton, you know, that's my partner now. I mean, the vision then was we wanted to open an Italian restaurant. You know, it was a big deal for mm-hmm. us. It was like, yeah, that's, that's what we want to do. Which is know? why I went to Italy, right? Exactly, yeah. you know. And, 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 and then you get over there and you get in their culture and you realize that, uh, you know, coming from an Italian family and then also half of it being a Southern family, you know, you realize that they're, they eat peasant food too. They're, they eat like peasants like we do. You know, you eat off the land, you eat what you have. You don't, you know, there's nothing special, but you take these, you know, lots of tomatoes, lots of pasta, lots of cheeses, olives, things like that are, are you know, they're, they're easy staples over there, you know, and then you come down to the South here and, you know, people are like, you use so much pork. It's a staple. 
That's what we were built <laughs> on. Corn, yeah. pork, uh, yeah. you know, greens, cabbage, collards, you know, mustards. I mean, that that's what we had. And that was feasible for us to grow and yeah. sustain, you know. And, and so, yeah. And so we cook with what we had. And that's that's kind of our mantra when, when we're here is to, to cook with what we have, to cook with what our farmers bring us every week. I mean, we use 40-some-odd farmers, you know. And that's another big topic that I freaking hate is there's so many of these damn restaurants coming into the city or coming into any city that claim that they're all, I buy local and I buy this and I buy that. One time. Dude, there's no such thing as local. It's the way. You buy from the farms that are in your region. You support the people that are in your region. You take care of the people in your region. Don't tell me that you're buying from these farms and then a Cisco truck pulls up or Mm a PFG or whatever truck pulls up and you're buying commodity beef, which I'm not saying anything's wrong with that and you need to sustain. But don't say that if you're not doing it. Mm Mm-hmm. You hurt businesses like ours. You're over here charging, you know, five fifty an ounce for a ribeye that's a commodity. I'm over here charging three fifty for a ribeye that's thirty eight days dry age that comes in black mm. that I carve off and lose almost twenty two percent fat weight off this thing. And you people are paying for that, yeah. and I, it's 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 it's, it's it, that's what goes into this. It's like you know, you look at all these things with. Yeah, fresh chopped salad, fresh dude. I don't, I don't buy lettuce that ain't fresh. Mm, dude, you know, it's an all natural. Everything I buy is all natural. <laughs> what are you talking about? There's no. I'm so over the words and the power words, like the Hardee's commercial. You know, all natural beef. What were you serving me before? If it's all natural beef now, what were you serving exactly. me before? Yeah. And these people just like. It's like we're so blind to these things, and we've it makes accustomed it, to it. We're just we we've gone so far in the wrong direction, right? That when we start doing the the, the things the way we, we're supposed to be doing, like the way, like you say, the people think that that that's a that's a luxury, and that's not a luxury. That's that's our we're we should be entitled. You want to know why we're food. obese? You want to know why we have eighteen thousand allergies in every kid that's out there right now? It's because of the crap you're yeah. pumping in your body. And if Absolutely. you don't believe that, it's it, I don't know what to tell you. Yes. My food is more expensive. You know why? Because it's grown the right way. Yeah. You know what's cheaper? You know what's cheaper? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I mean, bigger margins. But at the end of the day, it's not about the margins. Yeah. It's about doing the right there's thing. There's a Yeti cooler, yeah. and then there's a generic Yeti cooler. Okay? And yeah. Yeti's very expensive. But I tell you this. I've got a few of them. They're great. Orcas are great, too. Just yeah. as good as Yetis. But then you go get a knockoff brand. And I'm not saying name brand's always the way to go. But when it comes to food and things you're yeah. putting in your body and your children and your family. Yeah. I mean... My kids don't eat that, and they will not eat that. And it, it's just, you know, I have so many, I have so many people that come and eat my restaurant. They're like, God, we can come in here and eat a dish that's heavy, but then when we get done, we don't feel bloated. It's because it's not crap. Yeah, Chef, I love your passion, and I couldn't <laughs> agree more with you that you know, really, at the end of the day, our, our values are fucked up. Yeah. Uh, we we value the wrong things in life. Uh, food is life, and we should treat it like that. And I love your passion and I love the message you're giving me and my listeners. Uh, I want to learn about how you made it happen, how you, how you had this vision, how you brought it to reality, the, the, the people you had to talk to, the steps you had to take, uh, the, the challenges that you came across. What was, how did you make that happen? So, um, I was doing some consulting when I got down with the farmhouse or with the, um, the Hermitage Hotel and um, started going, you know, we'd already had this plan to open a restaurant. I really fell in love, back in love with Southern food when I got to Hermitage Hotel with the inspiration and they started farming at the Glen Levin Old Farm up there and really getting to meet all these local farmers and stuff because that's who they bought from there and coming, building these huge relationships with all these, you know, and hearing their stories. And, and it, it was super, it was just, it, 
op- eye opening and refreshing and, and to know that you can sustain and you can do that and you can do it the right way. Mm-hmm. Um, and so there I knew I had a dream and, uh, and that's one of the main reasons I left there because I wasn't going to be able to build what I wanted to build with the hours that I was mm-hmm. working. There was no way to do that. There was no way to go raise capital. There was no way to build a business plan that I'd never built before. Yeah, I made one in culinary school, but whoop de doo yeah. that don't mean nothing. I mean, you're, you're talking about a teacher grading you. I'm talking about I need to build something that I can get in front of somebody and ask somebody for $350,000, and they look at me, and any question they have, I have to be able to answer it, and I have to be able to answer it because I know it, not because it's a bullshit mm-hmm. answer. I have to know everything that I put in that backwards forward you know so they they have this thing called score business in nashville and it's free and so i started going to these you know these classes once a week uh, on thursdays and i'd go down there and, and talk to these people that had small businesses and you know uh how they were running it and 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 just learning how to build a, a business plan that was creative for me and, and and kind of wrapped around what a restaurant was and you know, the big thing at that at that point was I knew how to run cogs and I knew how to run labor and I knew how to staff and schedule and, and, and to cook and to order and to, you know, the, the things that everybody thinks a restaurant is. But that doesn't mean nothing. You know, I knew how to do payroll and I knew how yeah. to cut checks. Those are great. But learning how to raise money and learning how to get money and not screw yourself over in the process, you know to where you still have ownership in your business and you still have the majority ownership yeah. in your business to where people don't want to fuck you. Uh, so how'd you do that? What did you so, learn about so, doing that? So I, so I, so I did. So I, I built a business plan. I started talking to a lot of people that had done business plans. And so I built one. I, I put one together. It's 30 something pages. I still use it today. I've tweaked it a lot and we used it when we built the black rabbit. And, um, so it's just uh, it's a it's a lot of information. You know, you start off with your mission statement. You start off going into uh, comparing your competition in the area versus the you know who you're going to be, um, what your competitors going to be, how are you going to market that, how are you going to get past that. Um, going into you know your staff, your whole staff of you know the the. the the years that you have with these people and the knowledge that they know going into this business. Um, so you kind of open up the person that you're trying to, you know, get money from that, you know, they know that these people know what they're talking about. Yeah. They can see what they've done. And then you, you, you go into, you know, your menu and sample menus and what it's going to look like and how seasons are going to change. And then, you know, parts of it are your location and it's kind of conceptual, you know, with the conception design and, and, and all that. So they can kind of make a picture of what it is. And then you start going through numbers and then you start going through, you know, you have a, a capital layout of what, what, what your business is going to cost, what it's going to cost to build it from open from from the day you start construction until the day you're done, every penny that you're going to have to pay just to get the doors open. Yeah. So and you have all of your numbers. You got your plan put together. You're putting this front in front of investors. But really, at the end of the day, what do you think it is that the investors are investing in? Uh, you know, your your business plan or the fact that the person behind the business plan has put their has kept their mouth shut. They did the work. They surrounded themselves with incredible successful people, and they're investing in that person, right? That person that's going to be able to to get it done. Well, there's, uh, there's, there's two different things to that. There, there's, there's, there's people that want to go open a restaurant and they want to run it and they want to have a chef. There's that. Yeah. That's not what I am. Yeah. So, and then there's me that is a chef and owns the restaurant and runs the restaurant mm-hmm. as well. So for me, it's, it's, you're always going to find your investors by you as a chef and how creative you are. That's mm-hmm. how you're going to find it. Mm-hmm. Okay. That's how you're going to get the bait. That's how you're going to go. They're going to know who you are. They're going to know that you can cook. They're going to know that, you know, you have these people behind you that believe in what you're doing. Secondly, that's a small part of it, but that's what gets you in the door. Mm-hmm. Okay. The, the next part is, is can you sit down with these people that are going to hand over money that they've worked their ass off for 
they're going to hand you a check for $350,000. How do you sell that? And how you sell that is, like I said, knowing your business, Mm -hmm. knowing this is what our cogs are going to be. This is what we're going to spend on labor. This is how many days we're going to be open a week. This is what our average check at lunch is going to be. This is what our average check at dinner is going to be. Okay. This is what I'm paying my, my managers. This is what electric is going to cost. This is what gas is going to cost. This is what valet is going to cost. You go through every single one of these items and you break it down because you've done your homework on what every bit of this is going to cost. These are what our fixed costs are. These are what our controllables are. These are what our comps are going to be. These are what our sales are going to be. This is what payroll is going to be. This is what tax is going to be. And you can mark all that out, but you shoot low. We, when we opened this restaurant, we shot, I shot it going $30,000 a week. And I knew at $33,000 a week that if I did, if I made my break even in this restaurant would have been, if we did $22,000 a week, I would break even. That means I paid all my bills. Everything was paid and everything's fine. Didn't mm-hmm. make a dollar, but I broke even. Mm-hmm. Well, we opened the gate going from $33,000 to going to $50,000, $60,000 a week. And wow. we were just like, holy shit. You know? it, right? Yeah. So yep. what happens? So then you start making adjustments. Now you're like, oh shit, uh, don't have enough staff. Now yep. I need to address that. Yep. Now I need to, you know, our menus may be a little too complicated to, mm-hmm. to, to obtain what we have, yeah, you know, with, the, with the seats that are coming yeah. in. It's, our quality is going to start hurting. So we yeah. can't do that. So we need to make some changes on how we're maybe executing some food products in the back and, and, and you know, Maybe maybe we can't, you know, cook a 32-ounce steak. It's too long. Maybe yeah. we need to cut it down and do something else. Or maybe we need to sous vide it to work, cut off some time or some yeah. things like that. So, you you know, and, and, and then you start getting into the going from, you know, starting out at a $3.6 million restaurant. And then you have this monstrosity of the corporate world of Bridgestone builds a, a monstrosity 40-story <laughs> building across your um, – um, your restaurant, and I know everybody on this podcast is like, "Well, oh, you should have figured it out, you know. You should have known." No, they told me when I opened this restaurant that no construction would be there for three years. Yeah. Well, that didn't happen. It happened seven months after I opened. And it's still happening right down the street oh, yeah. on the other side of you. I did three. I went from a three point. So I had to learn how to run a three point six million dollar restaurant to a two point eight million dollar restaurant to a two point two million dollar restaurant back to a two point four million dollar restaurant. So I mean, that's hard. Yeah, even for me. Constantly adapting. Well, yeah, constantly, constantly having to cut labor and add labor and, and shave labor and, and, you know, constantly adjusting the menus. Like, oh shit, we can't, we can't run this. Our food cost is too high. We so can't. What, so we had to set goals. We had to set protein goals. Like, we can't buy protein over twelve dollars a pound. That is it. Nothing. We can't do it. So what do we do? We're chefs. We we adapt and still try to offer the same brand that we want to be, but do it in a sense that we can make money what's the secret to being able to stay fluid and dynamic and like flexible to be able to make those changes to adapt to your market what would you say the secret is there work in a restaurant for 17 years um no seriously just um the experience the the knowing how to handle the situations you gotta know and 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 and, and not everybody's built to be a chef there's 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 one i love the rush in this mm -hmm. business i love somebody walking back and be like you got 60 open and you're just like and people are like all right i'm like dude calm down man this is money no and you may not make it but whatever you always make it yeah you always make it dude it doesn't matter it's just uh it's like a freaking game man it's uh you you have to become a you have to be a quick thinker and you have to be you got to do it now i mean you you got a problem you can't let it go for two days it could cost you a lot of money yeah you know, and, and that's why we go over our numbers every Tuesday. We sit down with our, our our managers and Sue's and we go through the month. This is where we are. This is what we spent. This is where we, we can't spend this. We got to cook back on this. And that's the reason we do that because, you know, a week problem is a lot easier to fix than a month problem. 
And sometimes a month problem can get you in a lot of trouble. And you learn that. You learn, you know, you may start out opening a restaurant and counting inventory once a month. And then you're like, oh, crap, now I need to count it once a week because yeah. we need to, you know, we need to stay on top of this. Okay, y'all aren't going to do orders anymore. Chef's going to do orders now because I need to I need to tighten it up, you know. And guess what? You know, I can't be a chef owner right now. I've got to be a line cook. And uh, we do that. And, and, and we're still not there yet where we want, you know, where I want to be. I mean, I, I – you know, I shouldn't be in my kitchen as much as I am right now as being a business owner. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Uh, but I am. I'm in my kitchen every day, and I love it, and I'm addicted to it. Um, but, you know, uh, we're trying to get it set up to where, you know, I have one day a week that's admin where I can come in and get all these things done in a day that need to get done and, and, and make adjustments on menus and make, you know, price increases or decreases or, you know, make sure that the website's updated. Make sure that... What's, what's your plan to get to that point where you have this time, this one to two days a week to, to take care of these admin things? Uh, butts and seats. Yeah. Uh, people to, to not forget about, you know, the local restaurants, the, the, you know, we may not be the coolest spot on the block, you know? Our food's good, and people love it. And, yeah, it's a pain in the ass to get to my restaurant right now, and I hate it, and there's nothing I can do about it. And being a local boy, it hurts me even worse because I've reached out to my mayor. I've reached out to councilmen, and I'm just, like, inviting them to my business. Hey, just come to my business. Just please – I will – I'm going to – I'm going to take you to dinner tonight. I'm going to – I'm going to – full spread. I'm Mm going to take care of you. I'm not going to tell you how to get here. I just want you to drive up here and see if you can find my damn restaurant. No response. Mm. Um, so, yes, it makes me very, uh, very angry, especially being from here and, and, and putting the time that I have into this city that I do because I love it. Um, you know, it's like we're, we're so greedy right now where we just want every corporate corporation and, you know, Put them in. Let them build it. Let them block the roads. You know, if you build a building like this or any building in Nashville right now, which is hurting a lot of small businesses, which like everybody's been talking about for the last three months, it's been the biggest drought this December, February, January and February is one of the worst in years. You cannot, if you look at downtown Nashville as a heart, mm-hmm. and you have what running to your heart? Blood. And they're traveling in what? veins okay so let's say that nashville's the vein is the heart yeah and all the roads that go through here are our arteries yeah and they're pumping the blood into it well if you go to new york or chicago or california or boston or new jersey and you build a building like this you know what you get you get the space you don't get two lanes you don't get a lane over here and a lane here and block roads off nashville's crazy right now man we're we're we're, we're allowing people to brought two lanes on each side of four boards buildings nobody wants to come downtown right now nobody can get downtown right now it's like you just told me i had a hard time parking i fixed it we don't have any parking yeah and it's you know i don't i'm not getting off on this i'm just telling you as a small independent business owner this is what you deal with and this is what i'm saying when you don't have the capital yeah it can't be an excuse you just have to have the drive and i have the drive mm. i don't have the cash mm-hmm Screw the cash. I, I get cash as cash, and that's what you need, and people strive over it, you know? But you know what I do every day? I find cool, unique ways that me and my staff and my restaurant stays afloat, and that's what I do. So what are those cool, unique ways? Give me, like, two or three examples real quick. You know, we we go around every Tuesday. Uh, we cook – we'll bake cookies or we'll, we'll do some kind of uh, – Something food-wise, whether we'll do like little bottles of hot sauce or something, and we go to all the concierges in town and we go drop them off. I mean, these are things that we can afford to do to make sure that we sustain in our business. You know what I'm saying? 
we offer really cool things for people that are in the building and locals that come and return and do this. So we, we offer insanely huge discounts for veterans and yeah. police officers, which is a huge deal to us. Um, there's, you know, when you have a tight budget, the only thing you can do is your time. Mm-hmm. And I don't have a lot of time, but you make sure that you have time. I go out of my way to do things in the community. Okay. I don't go out of my way to do things in the community like because it's going to get me on TV or do yeah. the, and, and I don't care about that. A lot of people do. I do it because I'm hoping that people will see who we are and say, cool, man, I want to go eat at the restaurant. I don't yeah. want to be famous, man. I just, I, I want to be successful and I can be quite successful. I don't care. I want to know that, you know, my biggest goal here is with all our businesses is the way I want to do this is I want to have one strategic hospitality, one hospitality group that is driven by chefs or people in this business. Not by money. Not by people that just give me money. And don't get me wrong, I'm so grateful for the people that have put money in yeah. my business. So grateful because they believed in me. But I'm also grateful for the guys that girls that work for me. Mm-hmm. And so I made Bobby and Chad both partners in our new restaurant. Yes, I'm happy you got there. That was one thing I definitely want to talk to you before we go to the speech round. So uh, real quick, why did you make that a, a mandatory thing uh, to have equal share in this new restaurant, your, your partners? What, what, what about that is so important? Okay, so I guess you can kind of look at it as, as, as my brain is cool. You know, in this business, I know a lot about it. Um, is it your, your brain or your brand? I'm sorry. My, my brain. Okay. You know, I know a lot about it. Um, I don't know everything about it. I'm not the most creative chef in the world either. I know that. Um, but your time is also valuable. And when you have, excuse me, people like, you know, Bobby and Chad that have worked side by side with me for a paycheck. That's it. Just a paycheck. And Bobby's been with me 15 years. Chad's been with me for five day in and day out. They do what I do without me asking. Like they, they, they love this place. Like it's their own and they treat it like it's their own, you know? And so for me, it's like who better to grow a brand with who better to trust who better to walk out of a building and know that if any either one of those guys are in this building, I have nothing, nothing to worry about. Mm. And I have that with them. Yeah. And that is a rare thing to find. And so I tell my investors, you know, I, you know, when we, we made this, there was a little bit of fuss back and forth. What are you doing? It's like, it's my, it's my business. And I know you're putting money into it, but we're taking loans too. We're doing the same thing. We have the same risk. I get it. But at the end of the day, three brains – that are super smart and intelligent and know the business and, and is so much better than having one. Yeah. Absolutely. And, and to grow, I mean, we can take, I can take an idea and it can be this and then I can talk to Bobby and Chad and then it can become this, this and this, and it's all one. And it's like, yeah, like that yeah. just, that just became something freaking awesome, you know? And that's, that's how the black rabbit, you know, that's how the, our, our cocktail lounge was formed was, was, you know, conceptually, what do you want? What do you want? What do you want? Cool. Love, love, love. Let's go. And how do we tweak this? And how do we make it this? And how do we have this unique, you know, and, and, and they all know how to run numbers and they know all, you know, they've all ran restaurants and I trust them. Mm. They're my freaking brothers, man. And, and I don't want to be in business with anybody else. I don't want to be in business with you because daddy's got money and you want to, I don't care about that. I care about the dude that's next to me or the lady that's next to me that works for me, that believes in what we do, cares about what we do, and treats this place like I do and takes care of my staff. Yeah. As long as those things are happening, that's who I want to be in business you know, with. I say two things determine growth, cash flow, and the second thing is people. Yep. And if you have the people that are talented, that are right there with you, that have what it takes to open a restaurant. Cash flow will come. 
yeah, exact that, but also you need to give them the opportunity because if you don't give them the opportunity, you're molding them, you're giving them the skills, you're giving them the experience. For what? Somebody to go else, work for somebody else? Exactly. Somebody else will snag them from me. If you don't give them the opportunity, they'll get it someplace else. And honestly, like that's what, it, it's not about how rich I can get. It's like how, how many opportunities, can, how can I create opportunities for other people and then mentor them and, and go into other adventures so and re- yeah that's the way i look at it do i do i want to create all this and, and make none of these guys partners and then one day when i have six restaurants i'm sitting by myself one day going oh shit how do i run all this yeah no i'd rather have these people that i trust and we're all sitting back one day going cool man let's take a weekend off and go kick it <laughs> and we can sit back and reflect on the hundred hour weeks and the arguing and the fighting we've had and the disagreements in the in the the moments that were tied in the moments that we succeeded in the the decisions that we made that made us who we are i mean that's that's powerful, man. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's that's what this business is. I mean, you 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 know, I have two sons, and 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 and, and I've been married for eighteen years, and, and and I'm away from my family a lot, and I need to know that at the end of the day, you know, that this was worth it. That not only the 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 the, the risk I took on myself and to create, you know, I, I could I could quit this right now. I could sell this restaurant. I could sell the Black Rabbit. I could go sell them make some money and then I could go over here to the, uh, the Omni and I could go get paid $125,000 a year being a chef working eight hours a day. I don't want to do that. I love this. I, I want it to be mine. Mm. I want it to be unique and different and not. You just hit on something that I think is so crucial or crucial. Um, and one of the reasons why I only want to inter- interview independent restaurant operators, uh, one of the reasons why I'm, I'm against big corporations and all this stuff is because at the end of the day, um, it's not about how much money we can make. It's about that people naturally want to express themselves and self-actualize and create. And you can't do that in a corporation. You're put into a box and you, you do your job and you can't really contribute. You can only you can only grow so much as a mm-hmm. person, as a human being. But when you own, right, it's, it's like that unlimited f- expression and just free, free creation, you know, creation. Um, and that's why, you know, it's so important. Like, so do you think that it's that, that ability to, to do your own thing, to create, to, to have a vision and to, to strive for that vision? Is that what drives you? Absolutely, it drives me. Um, and there's also days that go by that I look at Chad and Bobby and we sit there and go, God, if we could just have like $100,000 right now. All, <laughs> no, 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 not for, but how much better we could be as a chef. What else we could do, yeah. Plateware, from plateware to, to how we want to plate things, to ingredients we could get. Yeah. You know, and it's like you look at, you look at so many of these guys out there that just, they get this platform and they've sold themselves out and they just have all this money. And it's just like, cool, yeah, they, they, yeah, they are awesome, and they are great, but they have, you know, they have people doing social media for them eight hours a day. Yeah. They have people out there talking about them eight hours a day. They have, you know, uh, somebody going and buying all their plates for them every day, and somebody out there, you know, I don't have that. That's me. Mm-hmm. That's that's who we are. That's mm-hmm. what we do. Yeah, it would be cool to be able to invest another hundred thousand dollars in this restaurant and. and do some really cool things that we want to do but it's it's not feasible so you stick with who you are and you go and it's that's the things that drive you it's the things that, that, that hopefully if i ever you know get on a get on a stage somewhere where do you want to go okay cool um you guys what time do you guys open 11 oh, we're good <laughs> it's yeah, all go. good man um but you know it's just it's crazy um to sit back and and and, and think about that and, and and that also drives you it also drives you that day that when you do get to the top 
and you're you're there that that you can just pull that middle finger out and say you know what <laughs> i didn't have to get my knees dirty i didn't have to play politics i didn't have to sell anybody out and I didn't have to be buddies with anybody that I didn't want to be a buddy with to get here. I think ultimately, though, and having those values and being yourself and putting the time in and keeping your nose on it and focusing on being as great as you can be, building those relationships, taking care of your people will be is going to be what will get you there ultimately. I agree, and, I'm, and, and I know it's it's, yeah. it's a harder and longer road. Yeah, and we know that. And if you, yeah, absolutely, but it will, it will happen, man. That's kind of come full circle. Like, put your head down. You know, be quiet, do the work, and just yeah. focus on being great. And if you're great, uh, the other people and you're like, you know, people will talk about you. You know, you don't have to t- to promote yourself because everyone else will promote you. Sure. Um, and I full heartedly believe that. So I mean, keep it up, dude. You're crushing it. <laughs> like you are crushing it. So we're gonna take a quick break. Uh, we're gonna wrap up with a, a speed round. We'll be right back. Cool. To be unstoppable, most restaurants require a little extra capital from time to time. It happens, right? Uh, when you need funding to like renovate or buy equipment or manage cash flow, you don't have time to just track down financial statements or wait weeks for a decision. And that is where Cabbage can help. Cabbage gives small businesses access to a line of credit of up to $150,000. And if you apply online, you'll get a decision right away, which is pretty awesome. Since Cabbage is a line of credit, you can take the exact amount you need. You'll never have to reapply to take out additional loans, and you only pay for the funds you use. Yeah, you're impressed, and I haven't even gotten to the impressive part. Cabbage has helped more than 130,000 businesses from every industry with over $4 billion in funding. Like, awesome. Cabbage is A-plus rated by the Better Business Bureau and was named a Forbes Top 100 company not once, but twice. Check out Cabbage at Cabbage with a K dot com slash restaurant unstoppable and you'll get a $50 gift card when you qualify. That's Cabbage, K-A-B-B-A-G-E dot com slash restaurant unstoppable. Line of credit is subject to credit approval. See terms and conditions. All Cabbage business loans are issued by Celtic Bank, a Utah chartered industrial bank member FDIC. Everyone loves manually processing invoice after invoice, right? Like, it's it's the best. Not really. Uh, just the sight of a filing cabinet can be enough to make you sick. But it doesn't have to be that way. With Sorcery, there's no more manually processing invoices by hand and no more cutting check after check. With Sorcery, you can organize all of your accounts digitally, scan your invoices, and pay your vendors with just one click. It's easy. Sorcery offers fully managed accounts and statements reconciliation, so you no longer spend hours on the phone with your vendors and banks that stinks. You now have the peace of mind knowing your accounts are being taken care of, and you can get back to work doing what you love, running great, nay, unstoppable restaurants. Go to GetSorcery.com, that's G-E-T-S-O-U-R-C-E-R-Y.com, or call one 800 Six six eight three zero zero six nine one, and say goodbye to your old filing cabinet and hello to the digital world with Sorcery AP Automation. The first question I have for you is: What is your it factor? A habit, a trait, a characteristic you believe most contributes to your success? Oh my god! Sense of urgency is a big thing. I, 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 I scream on that a lot. Just every moment that you have, make sure you're doing it with quality and speed. Um, another thing we always say is uh, 
consolidation is consideration. Um, just making sure that when you leave at the end of the day, uh, make it better than when the next guy comes in or the next girl comes in. That's a big thing for us. But urgency is a big deal. I think, I think if you come in every day, put your head down. I tell these guys every day, speed, 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 but quality at the same time. Mm. What's your biggest weakness? Man, um, I don't know when to leave work. And uh, it catches up with me. Um, I get kicked out of here probably once or twice a week. They'll look at me and say, you know, chef, you need to get out of here, dude. You're, you're, you're tired. Mm. And, 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 I, and, I, and, and it does because when I, when I do get home and I do get some rest and I come back, I've come back. It's a, a beast. Mm. You know, even like just getting two, three more hours of yeah, sleep. Absolutely. You know, I mean, it, it does. It changes. I need to learn how to to be better at that. I need to learn how to 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 come into work more refreshed and 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 ready to take the day on. And I knew you had a late night last night, so I appreciate you yeah. coming in here and making time for me, <laughs> Chef. I really do. Uh, what's one question or thing that you look for during the interview process when you're trying to build that team? So I always ask, uh, what book they're reading? Mm. Why do you ask that question? Because nine times out of ten, if they're not a real chef or they're not really into it, they don't have a book. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like if you're in this business and you love this business and this is what you want to do, there is a book that you have in your hand right now. And, and you know, it's like me right now. I'm flipping back through uh, uh, the ad hoc book. I, I, I just I pick a book, you know, and, and, and I, will, I will read. And I also have the Scovernog, the, the old school Appalachian book that I've been going through. And you yeah. always reflect. I've, I've got books that I tell these guys every day, read books. How do you, books. How do you make the time to read if you're, you're working? Well, when you get, oh, my God, dude, you get out of here freaking 1 o'clock, 2 o'clock <laughs> in the morning. You get home. It's either watch a Netflix documentary yeah. or, or turn the light on and read a little bit yeah. till you pass out. It's but constant, never ending learning and growing and just absorbing new information. Sure. So, Absolutely. so, so important. Uh, what's your biggest challenge today? Oh man. Uh, just trying to get ahead, man. Just, uh, trying to have both restaurants hit on cylinders at yeah. the same time. Um, it's a big deal. Um, it's hard for a business owner. It's just like, you know, can we get enough capital built up to where you can just quit stressing? So uh, how are you overcoming that? Uh, work more, man. You work more and you, you, you make sure that every person that sits in your restaurant, that you are taking the utmost care for them and that you are showing them that you appreciate them being here, that you understand that every seat, every time somebody comes in, that they're, they're putting food in your mouth and they're taking care of your family and they're taking care of your staff. Share one code of conduct or behavior you teach your team. This is a core value, a way to be, a way to act, a way to behave. Oh, man, uh, I'm very OCD. <laughs> Um, I have a obscene obsession with ripped tape. If you rip tape in my kitchen, I will destroy you. And the reason I say that is that if a basic label can't be cut and can't be perfect and can't be on something and it's ripped, that ripped tape tells me who you are. Mm. It tells me that you're in a hurry. It tells me that you're unorganized. It tells me that you're sloppy. Yeah. So it tape, can, and, and they laugh at me, but I am. I have, I have tape rolls back there, dispensers that rip it off, and it's perfect, and it's green, and it's good, and it's nice, and it's organized. That tells me about who you are. Yeah. And that's a basic so thing. so much more. Absolutely. Absolutely. It's not just rip tape. It's do you care? Are you, like, this is the standard and this is where we, we this is where we're we're at, and we're not going below that. Yep, I agree. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, what's one a common standard of service you teach your team? That's common in your restaurants, but not common in the industry. 
what comments are here in my yeah, restaurants? Yeah, like front of the house. The, the, you know, we, we, we focus a lot on, you know, everybody gets on to like how, how a plate should be set up and how this dish should be set up and how silverware. You know, my thing is this, is like let the guest be the guest. Mm. And we tell them that every day. And what I mean by that is that read your guest. Let them enjoy the experience. Let them show you what they want not you show them what they want mm-hmm. we're not you know i i could i could send my servers i don't want to be a salesman mm-hmm. you know i don't I, you know it's like the annoying phone calls you yeah. get every day it's like hey uh we heard you're opening a restaurant yeah. we want to know if you want to need some financial we can sign you off no yeah. i don't that's not what i'm here for i'm here to decline i want people to come in here they have questions we explain it to them you know we can tell them about a couple specials we have but i'm not trying to be like cool you want the ribeye you can add scallops to that for six dollars no that's not let people come and be free and eat dinner and enjoy dinner and to observe it and i tell them read them don't interrupt Sit back. Meet the guests where they're at. Well, pay attention. Lots of yeah. eye, eye contact is a huge thing. I tell these people about it every day. Eye contact. We're almost there, Chef. Uh, what's one question? Or sorry, one book uh, that's a must-read to make us a better person or restaurant owner. Uh, I would have to say to, to make you a better restaurant owner, man, uh, or a better person. There's so many books, bro. Um, I read a lot of cookbooks, man. What's um, one cookbook that's worth reading, not just for the recipes, but also uh, for the lessons within? Culinary artistry is, is number one for me. It is uh, the basic the, the basic knowledge of, of anybody that's going to get into the chef game that they know. Um but as far as like investments and stuff like that, man, I, I I read a lot of magazines, man. I try to keep up with the trends on investing and, and, and things like that, the money market and things like that as far as going into, you know, and there's there's this little magazine I have at home and I get it. It's like uh, it's, it's called for the local business or the small business. Um, and, and it's all about, you know, independent business owners and the struggles that they have. It's a really cool little magazine. For when the small business it. magazine, yeah, I'll, I'll text it to you. Is it online I too? I don't know. I don't, dude. Look, let me tell you something. <laughs> when I get home, I'm old school. I told you I got moleskins. Yeah, I hate the computer. <laughs> I don't want to get on it. My eyes are already. I just, I, I, if it's paperback, baby, give it to. I'm old school, <laughs> man. I want to make sure I get that in the show notes. Though. So for the for the small business magazine, it's something like that. I'll have to get the name of it. I'll yeah, tell you. I'll text you. Yeah, yeah. You have yeah, a, yeah. a month and a half before this goes live. Love. <laughs> All right. What's one piece of technology you've adopted in your restaurants that's made a, an impact on operations, uh, profitability, uh, communication, any tech you're leveraging? Really, like for 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 business and making money, man. Uh, Technology, man. I mean, I'm a super duper 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 Excel spreadsheet champion. <laughs> um, become an I was put become an Excel spreadsheet champion. No, man. I mean, I'm real. Everything in here. Everybody has a spreadsheet Excel <laughs> with their stuff. I mean, my bartenders, my hostess. They are so organized, and they have their own computer in there. They can go in there and yeah. it clicks them. But it's 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 very. I'm and I don't mean just an, it's. 
I'm very good at Excel. Yeah. And it's very like, I Where, can, did you go someplace to learn? About I'm Excel? obsessed with it. Yeah. I, and when you get into restaurants yeah. and your numbers, it's like, if you went in there and said, Hey, give me Bridgestone numbers and what everybody's selling. I'm like, I don't know, man, but you get me in a restaurant, give me numbers in yeah. here, bro. I'll break down everything for you. And it's yeah. just like, you start having fun with like all these, you know, uh, codes and formulas and all this <laughs> stuff. So super cool. It's a good skill to have for sure. And this yep. is the last question. Uh, if you got the news, you'd be leaving this world tomorrow. All the, the memories of you, your work, your restaurants would be lost with your departure, with the exception of three pieces of wisdom, things, you know, to be true that you could leave behind for your legacy. What would they be? Be honest every day. Okay. It's one. Don't play politics and be who you are beautiful chef this has been a great conversation awesome. i love your energy i love your passion we wrap up every conversation we call on somebody out so who's one independent restaurant operator uh, maybe somebody in uh the charlotte area that's where i'm he- headed next or atlanta somebody you admire and believe would be a great guest mentor on the show atlanta i love the fox brothers man fox brothers i love fox brothers i think they kill it they're amazing um they Amazing barbecue, amazing friends, um, and just just really, really, really great. Um, Charlotte, man, you know, that's where Chad came from. Um, I haven't been to Charlotte in a long, long time, man. And I know it's growing. Um, you know, we got the Fox Brothers. I think that's Fox Brothers is amazing, dude. They 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 are. And, and then if you want to travel to St. Simon's, you can go see Southern Soul Barbecue. They're pretty Southern badass. Southern Soul dude. Barbecue, that awesome, super badass, beautiful. And how can the folks at home connect with you? Social following, or if they want to come join your team and get mentored by you, uh, what's the best way to connect? Like I said, work hard. Okay. And show up on time. Come see me. Um, you can uh, hit me on uh, Instagram. It's T C I C C I O C C I T N. We also have the Farmhouse Sobro, and we also have Black Rabbit. Um, those are all our Instagram handles. Uh, I don't do Twitter. I don't have time for that. Um, I don't tweet. That's all. <laughs> Chef, thank you so much uh, for letting me come in here. Uh, you're open now. There's guests sitting behind us as we're talking. Yeah, they're looking uh, at us. Hey. <laughs> for uh, making an ex- just the, the ability to make an example of you and your values and, and sticking true to, to those values in your guns and doing it for the right reasons and not folding. Uh, it was an honor thank to make you. an example of so you. Much, thank man. you so much. Awesome. There is no questioning. You are unstoppable. <laughs> Man, where do you even start with that episode? Great stuff from Chef Trey Giaccia. Uh, I mean, if there's a few lessons I could take away from today's conversation, I think the big one is uh, just the power of putting your head down, doing the work, being true to yourself, staying creative, and you get out of life what you put into it. Also, Chef got really real with us and uh, exposed some of it, the, 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 the more challenging times in his life where he found himself in the hospital because of his uh, abuse of alcohol and drugs and overworking himself. But I think the lesson there too is uh, the big lesson is that, you know, you get out of life what you put into life. And we, if we have assets, we use those assets to get ahead and we're all given the same amount of time in a day. And uh, that's our greatest asset. So what you choose to do with that time uh, is how you get ahead. And, whatever you know unique skills you have are also assets but if you're taking that time and you're you're uh putting it towards drugs and alcohol and having a good time and going out and uh partying and uh i mean there's a time in life for fun and don't get me wrong uh i like to have a good time and 
I think what we've got to do is realize that, that discipline is freedom. And if we take that early time uh, in our lives and we and we have discipline and we put it towards getting ahead and uh, really growing and uh, getting a, just a foot up, uh, there's plenty of time in life for fun. Uh, but it gets harder and harder. Uh, the, the older we get, the more our bodies get broken down and uh, the more of a poor reputation we create for ourselves. So really be... In, you know, intentional with how you live uh, and use your assets uh, to get ahead. And uh, time, again, is one of our biggest assets. Also, some great advice on uh, just how to, to be in the kitchen and uh, mise en place and being organized and uh, knowing your numbers. And, and uh, when you have something, something, by, by, what I mean by something is great people. When you have built this team around yourself and you, there's opportunity to, to grow. You need to share that opportunity for growth and you need to make it about us, our team, everyone getting ahead. And when you do that, you can go much further. So great conversation today again with Chef Trey. And guys, like always, please reach out to me, Eric at restaurantunstoppable.com is the email, Instagram, Twitter, Eric Catchatori, and Facebook slash restaurant unstoppable. I want to hear from you. I want to know what I can do to serve you better in uh if you are enjoying these episodes and you want to support what I'm doing here at Restaurant Unstoppable, the best way to support this podcast is by sharing it. Uh, the mission of this podcast is to share knowledge and to grow together and to make an industry of people that have solid values and know what they're doing. And we do that by sharing knowledge. So uh, again, just support this podcast, share it. Thank you in advance. That's enough for now. Uh, thank you so much for sticking around this long. I love you all. Would not be able to do it without you. Until next time, peace out.